In this episode, we take a peek behind the curtain to uncover the truth about annuities and why Tanner says, buyer beware. Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to episode 18 of the Financially Sharp Podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared towards making you more financially literate. I'm Adam Henning, marketing professional and small business owner. I'm joined as always with co-host, certified financial planner, JD and financial expert, Tanner Bortnam. Hello, Tanner. How are you? I'm doing just fine, Adam. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I thought of you today. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like every day i was i was drinking my morning coffee and at work and i was just scrolling through twitter i think it was twitter and i saw that the state of minnesota has legislation trying to pass through the house and senate to mandate a financial literacy in high schools oh yes <laughs> yes Go Minnesota. Good work. Yes, I thought that was interesting. There's a, they did an article on <clears throat> Maybe they social listened to our podcast. And, right? That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, hey, we're making an impact, right? That's right. Um, so, yeah, there was a, they quoted a, a teacher in Woodbury High School, which is um, east of the metro in the Twin Cities, and that uh, there's a the teacher that teaches that class as an elective is one of the most popular um, classes at that high school. So good. Uh, this this will make it a mandate mandate instead of an elective. And I truly wish that that was a thing when I yeah. was in high school. Well, so. it'll be good because it'll bring it to all the other schools that don't even have it as an elective. Right, and it's important that it's high school because I think that is the time before you probably make the biggest financial decision of potentially of your life with investing in college of what to do after high school. Yep. Um, yep. When it's, probably, it's typically yeah. when a lot of, um, you know, younger people develop either very good or very bad money habits as well. That will, you know, lead you, <clears throat> excuse me, that will lead you into, you know, the future either on a good path or something that's going to set you up to getting into a situation where you got to break those bad habits too. So that's, that's really great. I'm glad to hear that. State of Florida had it too, I think. I'm excited that. Yeah. I think there's a few that have it as mandatory, just not nearly enough. I mean, it should be all, but um, not nearly enough of them have it as a requirement in their state. Yeah, NPR News, that's where I saw it. So if you want to go read that article, please do. All right, I will. We'll just keep spreading the good news. That's right. (laughs) All right, episode 18, um, annuities, the good, the bad, the ugly, and why you should be cautious. Tanner has promised and warned me that he might get a little feisty in this episode. So (laughs) Uh, buckle Uh, up. Yeah, yeah, this is, um, well, I think it was episode one or two where we said we're, you know, there's going to be certain times where we pull back the curtain and show you how the sausage is made type of a situation. This is uh, definitely, definitely going to be one of those episodes where, um, yeah, I will, I will hold no, nothing back. Uh, you're going to know everything that goes on with annuities and, 
and good, bad, and ugly. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, get you better, better prepared and, and more knowledge on, on, uh, when you encounter those, cause I'm, I'm sure all of us will encounter that at some point in our lives of some salesperson trying to sell you an annuity. So annuities is a term, a financial term that <clears throat> I think most people would be familiar with or have heard of TV or commercials, whatnot. But like Michael Scott, explain it to me like I'm five years old. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So what an annuity is, is it's a contract between um, you, the, the annuity owner, and the annuity company, which is typically always just an insurance company. They just have a annuity portion of the business, but typically like a life insurance company, think of AIG, Pack Life, Great American, I mean, the list goes on. So um, Transamerica, same thing. So, but what it is, it's a so contract. It's, a, it's, it's, oh. a, it's an insurance product. It's not a security, Correct. right? Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. Nice work. Yes. So it is, um, it is a, yeah, it's a contract with, with an annuity company and um, there's three different iterations. There's either a fixed, an index, or a variable annuity. Um, and depending upon which one you're in, they all do different different things. But the contract is going to state, um, you know, you investor give insurance company X amount of money. Uh, so we'll make something up. We'll say uh, $100,000. So you give them $100,000, and in return, they're going to guarantee you certain things back. Um, if it is a fixed annuity, think of these like a CD from a bank. Um, typically those are shorter in term, three years, five years, something like that. And you're going to get a fixed rate of return, 2%, 3% per year for giving them that hundred thousand dollars. Um, and then at the end of the three years, let's say if yours is three years at the end of three years, you get your hundred thousand dollars back plus 3% interest per year and, and you're done. Uh, an index annuity is a little more complex. Uh, it's going to, the performance of it is going to be tied to an index. So it's going to track it. It's not invested in it, but it's going to track it. So let's use the S and P 500 as an example. You give the, um, annuity company a hundred thousand dollars. And depending upon how the S and P 500 does each year, you will either, um, make money or stay where you're at. You never go backwards. Um, so you're either taking a step forward, think of it kind of like a set of stairs. You either take a step up the steps or you stay on the current step that you're at. You never go backwards. So even if the S&P 500 is down, you stay where you're at. If the S&P 500 is positive for the year, you go up, but you're not going to go up as much as the S&P itself did, obviously. Um, and then index annuities, these can range um, anywhere from the shortest I've seen is five years up to the longest one I've seen was 17 years um, and anywhere in between. And they come with all these different bells and whistles and income riders and, and a bunch of things that we aren't even going to really touch because um, that gets into more of the bad uh, when we get into that that section. They're just extra expenses, extra fees, extra all of that. Um, that a lot of times are added that people don't need. So uh, the minimum is five, five years. Yes, yes, that I'm aware of. Yep. And then um, the other one is a variable annuity, and this is the least um, guarantees. It's it's really uh, I I don't I don't like them at all um, because it's it's basically just like putting your money into into the markets. Um, you give the insurance company a um, hundred thousand dollars again. Same thing. They are five years plus in in length, and depending upon how the investments you choose. So let's go with the S and P five hundred again. Depending upon the, how the S and P five hundred does, you either make or lose money. You can lose money in a in a variable annuity and come out with less. Um, so again, and, and variable news are, are very heavily riddled with fees. So haven't really come across too many instances where, where that would make sense for, for a client. Um, 
But, you know, with that being said, I just want to make sure, you know, we state this too at the start. There, there is going to be some bad and then there is some ugly that we're going to get to when we talk about annuities. But it doesn't, it's not all bad. Like not, the annuity itself is just an investment. Like uh, there's this very negative cliche or, or maybe not cliche is probably not the right word, very negative connotation around the term annuity and that they're all bad. And, and, and they're not, um, you know, there, there are times that uh, particularly more like a fixed annuity or an index annuity can make sense for a client. Um, it's just the problem is and why that negative connotation is there is they're a little more complex. They don't get explained by advisors well or they're missold uh, and um, and then they're oversold. You know, it, it's for a specific instance to do a specific thing. And because of some of the bad and some of the ugly coming up, they get sold a lot more than they ever should be. And for situations that never should, an annuity should never be uh, advised on or, or offered as an option because, um, you know, it's going to make the advisor a bunch of money. And so they will put it out there and say you should do this even though it's not in the client's best interest so again the annuity itself isn't bad um, if you have a situation that arises uh, that you know someone would would need one what would a situation be that it would make sense or be good sure Um, typically with like a fixed uh, annuity again remember those are ones that are similar to like a cd <clears throat> that you get at a bank um, those a lot of times will be for uh, older clients um, you know if you are already putting money in in cds at a bank and putting it in for uh, you know longer periods of time more than you know it, more than three years uh, a fixed annuity usually will generate you a higher return than a bank's going to give you. So if a, if you're going to go to Chase Bank, let's say, and they have a three-year CD that's at 2%, well, the fixed annuity at three years might be at three. So something like that, if you're going to put it in into a CD anyways and not touch it, well, you could generate yourself an extra percent per year. Um, that's typically where you see the the fixed annuities come in. The index annuities, is, um, we see those, that has a wider range for clients. Uh, it's really money that you want protected. Uh, the guarantee that you get from the insurance company uh, or the annuity company is that your money can't go down. So if you have a, uh, the most common one is either a, a seven or a 10-year annuity. I'm going to use for the rest of this um episode i'm going to use 10 because it makes it easier math um so if you go into a 10-year index annuity and you give them a hundred thousand dollars if we go through the next great depression as long as that annuity company didn't go out of business you get your hundred thousand dollars back and money that's in the markets might still be down you know we don't know um, you know, the other nice aspect of them is, is you get that check-in once a year. So every year you kind of get another bite at the apple. So you can either take a step forward or you stay where you're at. And once you take that step forward and go up to the next step, you're now on that step and you don't come back down. So if year one is good and you take a step forward, now that's your baseline and you stay there. And if year two is negative, well, you, you stay where you are. And if year three is positive, you take another step forward. So it's, it's, a it, it should be used for the most conservative money that you have, but yet that you also don't need access to for a long period of time. Um, you know, so, I mean, we're talking 10, maybe up to like 20% of your portfolio, something like that. Um, could be a good idea potentially to look at either a you know a fixed or, or an income annuity if it fits your situation. I just thought of <laughs> thought of stupid JG Wentworth commercials. <laughs> yep, yep. They'll they'll help people get out of them by buying them. But yep. Do, do that, don't they do both? They have like structured settlements and annuities, but I don't know why that. 
jingle I just popped into my head. I don't. Just yeah. Now all I have is the entire train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> now all I have is the their their phone number stuck in my head. Need cash eight seven seven dot com. <laughs> yep. Or no cash now. That's it. So anyways, um, yeah. I I don't know. I'm JG Wentworth. Yeah, they could be the sponsor. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I I want nothing oh. to do with their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know their business. I just know their dumb commercials after Jerry Springer. Um, <laughs> all right, totally lost my train of thought. So um, yeah, no. Well, we were just kind of we covered about, who they're yep. for and situations. Yep. So yep, more of um, the good. What they are, who they're for, what situations. Okay, so what's the trap then? Where do we where do we fall from from grace from good to bad? Yes. So when we start getting into bad, we'll obviously start with that first. The where annuities go from, you know, potentially just being what they are and working for a small portion of a client's portfolio, if it makes sense for them and how they get this bad rap. And where we take that first step off the cliff is annuities are very high commissioned products. So to use that 10 year annuity example that I was talking about, an advisor gets paid, pulling back the curtain, <clears throat> an advisor gets paid 7 plus percent on that. So if you put $100,000 in there, that advisor just made $7,000. Now that adds the up. Minute, the minute you transfer that, ch- that check or deposit. I mean, right? it's not I mean, yeah. within reason, but yes. Yeah. And then from then, how else do they get paid out? So on on an index, Is it just the front end, uh, mostly. So on a, on fixed and index annuities, <clears throat> the advisor has the ability to take the pay all up front, or they can spread it out over the ten years of the contract. Now, I have yet to meet an advisor that spreads it out because it's the same pay and time value of money says take the money now. The other problem with that though is when you get a bad advisor that sells, and I I don't even want to call them advisors, when you get a bad salesperson that sells a lot of annuities to people that are commission-based and that's their primary business, it um, it, it is also a lot where they take that money up front and then you're in this annuity for 10 years and they've been paid. So there's no incentive to talk to you or help you again. And that's where a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth from annuities as well from either their own experience or someone they know's experience is, yeah, yeah, this advisor was here. They're going to, you know, they're going to help me. We're going to do all this. We got the annuity and then never heard from him again because there's no benefit for them to continue helping you. There is no more money in that for them. And again, like it's just an unfortunate product of the situation and it breeds bad customer service um go ahead looks like you have a question so if i'm understanding this and and maybe i'm getting um the fixed and indexed mixed up but so if you're putting a hundred thousand dollars into an annuity for a shorter term, how how long did you say for the fix? Two to three years? Uh three usually. Three to three to five is usually what are out there. Okay, so two to three percent return annually, and then you've got a seven percent um, well, those, take from the uh, advisor. <laughs> right. the The fixed would be less because they're they're three to five years. The seven percent is on a ten year um, index annuity. Uh, okay. So, so the shorter, yep. So the shorter the annuity time, the less the advisor gets paid. The right, one so that, that I saw, sense. correct. The one that I saw that was 17 years. I have no idea what that advisor got paid. I bet it was 15% plus. Because mm. the longer you lock people in, the more the advisor gets paid, which again goes against doing what's in the best interest of a client, because. I mean, I don't know a lot of people that 17 years from now, they know what's going to be going on and they don't, they know for sure they don't need to touch money for 17 years. Like that to me is just completely, that, that product shouldn't even exist. When you're getting to the 10 years, in my mind, you're pushing it. But 17, 
that shouldn't even be a product in existence that does that. Okay, uh, on-air production calculator, 7%. How how well does that have to perform just to, I mean, you said index never lose money, so you're not going back, but at what point of percentage do you need just to make money? Well, that's see, that's the thing. You you as the owner of it don't need that because how the pay works is annuities have surrender schedules. So because the annuity company paid that advisor 7%, you have a 10-year contract. Right. And so if you take money out prior to the 10 years being up, you get hit with a surrender penalty, which is in essence you paying back the company because you didn't stay in there long enough for them to make the money back that they paid the advisor already. The surrender contract is you being stuck in that in exchange for the advisor getting that big pay. Sounds like a great deal for the client, doesn't it? Yeah, Uh, yeah, I understand that. So is it the company that pays that? Yes. In theory, or does that f- literally come from your hundred thousand, and now you're down to ninety-three? No, no. Had, or is that coming <laughs> no. from the parent? Correct. The okay. company pays the advisor, but in return locks the client in. Sure. So they make sure they make their money back. Right. On your money yep. to pay for that. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> Got it. Yep. Interesting. That reminds me. For those that maybe are just this is the first episode. Um, that you're listening to, or maybe you haven't listened to some of the early ones in a while. It's just a reminder. Um, Tanner just referenced in the last couple uh, minutes, not in the best interest of clients. This is a reminder that Tanner is what two-time fiduciary, so you're covered three, three. times. <laughs> you're three covered by ways. your certified financial planning yep. distinction, the CFP. He's a JD, so that's a second fiduciary. And then yep. where's the third one come in? Uh, being Your financial a, advisor. A, being an RIA, so the type of company that I have, and fee only. There you go. So three times he's a fiduciary, so he's in the client's best interest. We're talking about a, a, an annuity that doesn't need to be, that is sold by someone, an individual that doesn't need to be an advisor or a fiduciary. So Correct. It, it makes them able to operate in this gray area that someone that has the credentials like Tanner does cannot bingo. Yep. And it's why I don't like them. (sighs) Okay. I like, I, yeah, I, I mean, I get, I get the good. Uh, it's certainly the situations and scenarios that you laid out given the right ones make sense. Yep. Um, and I can see where we're kind of going down the bad, <laughs> the bad path here in the, into the bad place, um, <laughs> right? By the bad people. So, um, what are some of the tactics that they use to convince you that this is a good idea? Um, is it the guaranteed rate? Yeah, low I, risk? I mean, I, honestly, I I don't. I don't know because it's it's going to be. You know, I'd have to sit in on a meeting with other advisors that are that are doing this, um, you know, and and doing it in a in a, in a way that is just looking out for themselves and not not in a client's best interest. And um, you know, it's it's going to be something where that I mean it's just gonna I don't they're, they're just like I said earlier there there have to be salespeople they're not being advisors so I mean if there's no discussion about all the options you know um, in, in a previous life when I worked at a place that had commissioned annuities um, I, I, I'll be honest I sold some of these I laid out the options for clients and then they chose that they wanted to put some money into this after I told them how it all works because they fit into one of the small percentage situations with a small percentage of their money we would utilize an annuity for that. 
We did not put huge percentages in there. We didn't do anything like that. But if you're not getting, you know, annuities and then mutual funds and then stocks and bonds and market link notes, and if you're not getting all of the options explained to you or presented, and it's just you come into someone and, and you tell them, they say, tell me about your life and what you want. And the first thing they come up with, oh, perfect thing for you is an annuity. Okay. That would be signal number one, because there is no, the only option for you is annuity. There is no situation where that is the only thing. An annuity could be a piece of your entire financial portfolio. So I guess that would be number two. If, if someone is offering a lot, but wanting to put a huge percentage of your money into an annuity, you know, I think the likelihood is, yes, they talk about the guarantees, um, but I, 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 don't, I don't know how they get sold and, and or, you know, kind of to use the term slam down people's throats as much as they are, unless the only thing I can really think of is they're not being explained. You know, they're not being, or they're not being explained correctly. And so to know the inaccuracies of what's being said, you know, I'd have to be there. But had a qu- that kind of well, that kind of leads into this because we touched on it a little bit, and so um, or you did with my firm and how it's set up. <clears throat> so one thing that you can do for yourself to never have to worry—I uh, probably shouldn't say never—to have to worry a lot less whether an annuity is right for you or not is never buy an annuity from a person that's going to make commissions on it. My current company can sell annuities still. I can still do annuities for people, but there are what are called fee-only annuities. There is no fee. I don't make a commission off of it. And do you want to know what the benefit for the client is? Since that insurance company isn't paying me a big fat commission check, what do you think the benefit to the client is? No. money? No. No strings attached. There is no surrender schedule on these. You can get out of them in three months if you wanted, but it still operates the same. And then also your internal workings of it is the more money to what you had said, Adam. You get better rates inside of a fee-only annuity. So you know, again, if this is something that sounds like it could fit a situation for part of your portfolio, Go find an advisor that's fee only. I mean, you should be working with an advisor that's fee only regardless. And that's a previous episode. Go listen to that if you haven't. But especially on annuities, never, never, never buy an annuity from a person who gets a commission off of it. And you won't have to worry about these things because you can get out of it whenever you want, whenever it's not convenient for you anymore. And you don't have to worry about the advisor being a bad actor because advisors at fee only don't make commissions off of it. So, you know, whether uh, my client goes into an annuity or they go into mutual funds, I get paid the same. So it doesn't matter to me. We're trying to find what's best for them. So that would be, I mean, really just to kind of cut to the chase of it for anybody. That's the way to make sure you're, you're protecting yourself from these. Episode three is what we're referencing. Episode three, five things to look for in a financial advisor. We covered nice. fee-only, which um, Harmony Wealth is a fee-only um, financial planner. Um, we also mentioned some of the content earlier with the um, fiduciary. So uh, a lot of references to episode three. So if you want to refresh your brain, go watch or go watch. Go listen to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while you're there, just, you know, give us a five-star review, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, get that plug in. That's right. Uh, what was the other question I was going to ask? Um, so I just want to recap. The the annuities are an attractive thing from the investor side, to, or the, the advisor side to sell is it's a quick, when you're not fee-only, um, a quick commission. Um, mm-hmm. And it also seems to me, I'm not a financial advisor or in the financial industry, if I were to be working as one, 
um, it seems to me it's less work for them as well. Oh yes, like once they absolutely. get the, sell, the sale, they they got their cash in yeah. hand, and then bye. Absolutely, and yeah, and we yeah we touched on that earlier in this episode. You know, it's once you get that upfront commission, there is no more money coming in. So a lot of times, advisors ignore those clients or don't talk to them at all, or they get put on the back burner compared to other clients who, you know, maybe have some sort of AUM fee or, or, you know, different things going on uh, with however their business is set up where they're getting paid regularly. And so, um, yeah, you're definitely right. It is a lot less work for the advisor and, and uh, a huge, huge payday, you know, and, and we didn't even really go over it. We've been using a hundred thousand dollars as, as our reference, you know, I have seen some million plus dollar annuities that Woo-wee. I, yeah, I have that's not a, done that's them. That's a good day for the advisor. <laughs> that That's a, that's a good year for a lot of people. Um, oh yeah. When you do the math on 7% of a million. Um, and it's just, it, this, this is the part that, you know, I think I hammered this in episode three too, but like, this is the part that just, annoys me so much about my industry is you know it's an investment that has a specific use for specific situations and it gets used way too much because it pays a lot and that's not what's in a client's best interest and if we can't find ways as an industry to start fixing that and stop the abuse of annuities to people uh, you know, what little trust financial advisors as a whole have is going to completely go away. So when that uh, annuity is realized or that surrender period is done, mm-hmm. is there a reinvestment option or an extension? And if there is a reinvestment, <laughs> do they get another freaking check? Uh, yes. So what? well done. I hadn't even thought about bringing this up. Um, yes. So how this works is after you're again, using the 10 year one, after your 10 years is up, let's say you wrote out all 10 years, you can leave it inside that annuity and you can let that ride as long as you want until like age 95 and they start making you take some money out. Um, but you can let it sit in there. But what insurance companies do is the returns that they were giving you the first 10 years to entice you to be in there those go way down. So there really is no incentive to ever stay in it. So guess what advisors <laughs> do? They take the money guess. out and they take it to a different insurance company and put you in that one for another 10 years and get another pay on it. You bet. It's yep. like an introductory offer. It is. They just keep re-rolling them. Um, and you can theoretically do that until i don't know till till you pass away or 95 and you can't put money into annuities anymore so yes advisors definitely do that as well um and one other cop oh good yeah good cop think about what keep that uh thought yeah i got a good cop at the time it's realized are we doing a conversion are we rolling it over what are we doing we're pulling it out oh what what should an advisor do yeah Oh. Say we, we had a successful annuity, it made sense, we're done with it, now what do we do with that money? Yeah, I mean, I would most likely, well, first off, I don't do a commission one, so for me, they could re-roll it if they wanted, because it didn't cost them sure. anything, they just keep sitting in it. Um, in a previous life, when I was in this world, where uh, there are commissioned annuities, um, I mean, yeah, you probably should take that money out, I mean, it, it did its purpose, and I don't it's going to depend on every client situation, but I, you know, I find it hard to find a lot of people that want to lock money up for 10 years. So to do that and for another 10 and do it for 20 total is, should be pretty slim. Um, and, uh, there's, there's definitely better things that, that could be done with it. All right. What was your thought? Yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention as well with annuities is, Another error that I see all the time um, is, once again, advisors putting, just trying to sell annuities so that they get commissions because they're not paying attention to the tax situation. So 
any annuity that is inside of a retirement account, so your traditional IRA or Roth IRA, this does not matter because it's inside a retirement account. But if you buy an annuity in a regular investment account, any gains that you have on that annuity when you're done are taxed as ordinary income and not capital gains. So you could have left that money in there for 10 years and it doesn't matter. You're going to pay ordinary income tax on the gains. Whereas if you just bought ETFs or stocks or anything else and held them for 10 years, you pay capital gains tax, which is roughly half. Capital so gains is half half of ordinary, ordinary income. income. Correct. So why does that even exist? It just seems it like shouldn't. They should again. They really shouldn't be a. I mean, allowed. I can't say there isn't ever a situation because I don't know every situation that could exist out there, but I have not come across a situation that an annuity should ever be in. Um, any situation I've seen, it should not be in a regular investment account because you're just paying double tax basically um but even if you reinvest it if you reinvest it you're pushing that off into the future that's the only thing you're doing you'll delay it but you kick the can down the road and then it's ordinary income tax of two times you know or whatever at at the end of 20 years so i see that a ton where advisors stick annuities into regular investment accounts and it's so dumb so dumb so hopefully none of our listeners have had that happen to them um but it is like it just once again either the lack of knowledge of anything to deal with taxes because that's a pretty basic one in the investment world or two not caring and doing it because they're going to get a commission and it's you know the client's problem to deal with that afterwards hmm and this is just the bad. We're not even to the ugly. <laughs> I felt like we were getting pretty ugly. Uh, oh, we're tiptoeing. We're tiptoeing into ugly. Well, I mean, are we ready to take the dive? Yeah, let's do dive it. In. Let's I mean, do it. How can it get worse? That's right. Well, oh, it can. Oh, it can. <laughs> I wish it couldn't, but it can. Uh, we've kind of alluded slightly to... So, yeah, now we're in the ugly. Um, we've kind of alluded a little bit to this, but to really hit the nail on the head of this, um, I cannot say it's every state because I have not gone through every state and looked at their specific uh, rules. But as you mentioned at the beginning, Adam, with this being insurance companies who sell this, the only requirement that you have to have um, to sell an annuity is an insurance license. So even though an annuity could deal with and likely could deal with or likely does deal with the um, with the markets, you know, as I kind of went over with the, the index annuity, um, you don't need to have securities licenses. So, you know, for example, for me to run my business, I have to have securities licenses to show that I have a certain level of knowledge dealing with markets and all things that deal with the markets. When it comes to annuities, you don't, except the annuities deal with it, with the markets. So you have people out there selling life insurance that also sell annuities because they're huge commissions. And that is even more dangerous in my mind because they don't have the requisite knowledge to be advising you on it in the first place, but yet they're still allowed to sell it. That's scary enough for you, Adam? Yeah, I was just reading a quick article. I was just Googling some things, and it says annuities are not bought. They are sold. Correct. Yeah, they're sold by the advisor. That's a good way. That is a good way of thinking it. Yep. Thinking and then the other part that makes this, and I know we hit on this probably in episode three, which we've brought up a lot in this one, um, but... A lot of these people who just sell annuities and go peddle these around to everyone, they will call themselves financial experts, financial educators, financial uh, whatever. And it like titles that sound way better 
than a financial advisor. Makes you sound financial expert. Why well, I said that one, financial expert. Um, you know, things that make it sound like they have even more knowledge than a regular financial advisor. But when you actually look at it, they don't have any of the licenses that financial advisors have. And they're just out selling a lot of these annuities, making a killing because they don't have to explain them. And they have way less regulation over the top of them um, in terms of you know, what knowledge they have to have and what they have to disclose and you know, what they have to do to be able to sell these to people. So by soliciting it as a non-security is how they get away with peddling your words. Mm-hmm. This, how like, what's well, how isn't there regulations with who is selling these things? There is, and that's where part of the problem is. The government currently dictates so variable annuities have to be you have to have a securities license to sell fixed annuities and income annuities you do not and there is starting to become a little bit of a push from the financial advisors world wanting to get that changed where you need to have a securities license to sell all of them um, but right now it's not and that's why Fixed annuities and income annuities fall into the insurance world and are regulated by the every individual state's insurance department, not their securities department. And that's why you only need an insurance license to sell them. So, yes, not hmm. not something that I think should be happening, uh, but something that everyone needs to look out for, obviously, when you're doing that. Um, because, you know, these, a lot of the people doing this, um, you know, they, they're, there's way less skin in the game. So if they're found to be, uh, wrongdoing in it, you know, whoop de doo you took away their insurance license. That's a, you know, one hour test to take. I mean, that test, I, I took that, uh, when I first moved down to Arizona and studied for a weekend and passed with a 95%. I mean, it, it's not a difficult test. So that's the barrier of entry that we have to allow people to sell these. So please, you know, buyer beware very, very much. So buyer beware, how do they solicit these products or annuities? Um, cold calls through your financial advisor or financial advisor <laughs> or financial expert, finger quotes, or like free education dinners. How do they get you? Yes, the the wonderful free education dinner. Oh, well done bringing this one up, Adam. Ah, uh, if I could tell everyone to never go to these, I well actually I will. Don't ever go to one of these. <laughs> um, again, but it's free. It it food. is. It is. It's free food, and it's thrown out there that this is purely free there's no obligation that, that, that's a bunch of crap that's all that is is it's a bunch of crap like i used to work at a firm that did these and every time i was forced to go my skin would crawl standing in the back of the room because i certainly wasn't going to actually do one of these but i was required to be there and i hated it and it was you know we're here just free education and this is out of the goodness of our hearts and it's like no no it's not like the cost to put that on is in the thousands, sometimes maybe over $10,000 if you do a few of them in a two-day period. And no one just does that out of the goodness of their heart unless you're you know, Bill and Melinda Gates and you have billions of dollars. So there is an expectation that a set number of those people that go to them will follow up with a meeting and then at that meeting will get slammed into an annuity. And I watched it happen over and over and over with the people that I used to work with. And I just, that's why I got out of there. That's why I have the business I have now that's fee only because it's not right. And the free, nothing is free in life. Like there's that age old saying, nothing is free in life. It's exactly true. So 
my advice, do yourself a favor. Don't even put yourself in that timeshare sales pressure cooker like it. That's basically what it is. And, you know, skip the free food and, you know, just go out and eat yourself, save yourself the time and the headache of having to sit there and say no, no, no. Or worst case, get thrown into some terrible commissioned annuity that you otherwise shouldn't be in. Um, you know, go see somebody, like I've said earlier, go see somebody that's fee only. If an annuity is right for you, then there is no commission. You know that it'll be right for you because they are just doing what's in your best interest because there is no difference in how they get paid. You know, it's a better option. What? Order, order some Chinese light the candles a little candle at dinner flip this podcast on we're not going to pay for your chinese <laughs> that's right we're not paying for <laughs> but this podcast is free that's right um so yes there the is true, some things in life that, that is fair free. that is fair well we ask for reviews and and likes oh, so maybe yeah. it's not yeah. free tell um, somebody there we go yep. that can be our payment just tell a friend <sighs> <laughs> uh, man, whenever I say something, I always forget my question that I have loaded in the back of my brain. Oh, um, how dirty successful are those dinners? I mean, <laughs> how? what's the rate of success on, on a room full of 50 people in there? Uh, how much are you looking to get signed up to... Well, that's Slam that's a... <laughs> that would be the part that is 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 variable. So the, you know, the metrics that uh, again previous places I've been, um, you know, if if they could get half the people into have meetings, they were happy. And of that half, if they could, they usually wanted to get seventy five percent of those people to commit to being clients. The problem is seventy five percent of the half that come to a meeting. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so half and then... Yeah, so you're looking at like you know 20 people, 20 out of 50 roughly, um, little, maybe a little bit less, 17 to 20 roughly. Um, That's a lot. That's right. A lot. And then, but the, the, the problem, and, and, and that part isn't the problem. If, you know, the problem is, is then the recommendations that are made because you become a client, because now you've entrusted these, you know, this person to do what's in your best interest. And then that's when they don't. And that's when they put 70% of your assets or 80% of your assets or whatever into annuities and they get a big fat check. And now 80% of your net worth is tied up into something for 10 years. And if you have an emergency that comes up or you want to take money out for anything because it's your money, uh, penalty, penalty for 10 years. And that free dinner is paid for. Absolutely. Yeah. Paid for. And then some. Um, By you. Right. And, you know, again, like I said, sometimes there's ones I've heard about that they put a million dollars into annuities. I mean, that's a lot of money being locked up for 10 years. And that's a huge check that pays for a lot of seminar dinners. So that is not free. Is that like (laughs) hitting the lottery, man? You just stumble across a a potential client like, yep, let's do that. Here's a a five hundred thousand dollar check. Um, I don't like. I'm grandizing, but no, yeah, no, no, I know, I know. I'm just, I, I don't like that analogy because typically winning the lottery is viewed as a good thing, and and this is not a good thing. Um, uh, but for those people that do it, yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, I mean, that's a a walking cha-ching that I pretty much don't have to talk to for the next 10 years. And I made a boatload of money for not having to do very much work. Um, I don't like it. I mean, I've, I have plenty of clients that have over a million dollars of net worth you know, with me and we don't put a million dollars into annuities, but again, it wouldn't matter if we did because it's all paid the same. So again, just to kind of wrap this up, go find yourself a fee only advisor um, you know, that way, if an annuity is right for you, it's something you're interested in, or if it's not, and it's what they recommend, you know, it's in your best interest. And if your mind changes and you want out in a year, there is no surrender schedule. There's no surrender penalty. You can get out and there's no huge commission being paid to the advisor. None of that. It's just the exact same product 
with actually better rates inside of it. And you can, with the flexibility to get out whenever you want. So really, there should never be a person that buys a commissioned annuity product other than the fact that people don't know about non-commissioned annuities. And so, um, you know, hopefully this helps pull the curtain back, uh, you know, like we said we'd do from time to time and show you the good, the bad, the ugly about annuities um, and unfortunately the financial industry and how it's set up to take advantage of people and their money and, you know, you're making the, you're paying for that. You're paying for that educational, free educational dinner. You're paying for that commission that gets paid out to them. It's, it's always the client that pays for it. So, um, just go find that fee only advisor and, and quit paying for someone else to take a vacation. Yeah. And your dinner. Yeah. Your own dinner. That's right. That was marketed as free. Yep. That was fun. That was a fun Good. one. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope you had as much fun as we did. Uh, I hope and found this episode helpful. As always, thank you for listening. I know we said it a couple other times throughout this episode. Go check out episode three. We talk a lot about um, the the things to look for in a financial advisor and a lot of uh, that content played into and ties to what we talked about in this episode. So if you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, we're committed to providing... Uh, content just like this that's uh, accurate and relevant and can equip you with the right information and to ask the right questions. Uh, if you have any questions or future suggestions for an episode, email us, shoot us a note at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That is podcast at financiallysharp.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. Nice work.